right, all right, all right. It's been a while, but whatever, fuck it. Hopefully, we will be back on track and regular from now on. Some notifications. We scrapped ads, because fuck ads. I really don't know why I had them on here to begin with, but... Yeah, whatever. We don't have ads anymore. Uh, Second, I know this was supposed to be Final Empire, book one of the Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson, but instead, very special Valentine's Day episode. You guessed it, Fifty Shades of Fucking Grey by E.L. James. I didn't put the periods in here. I want to call her L. James. Yep, that is not a joke, but doubly special episode because of our first ever guest in the back alley. This is Back Alley Book Club. I'm Jared. No one really cares. So what did you want for an intro? Did you want like a sweet one or like a WWE <laughs> intro? You want a code name? No, I don't want a code name. Well, okay. I was asking. I want a sweet intro because you love me. Right? Of course. Or is it going to be like a Back Alley intro? <sighs> well, Back Alley is decidedly Whatever not this sweet. Whatever bitch <laughs> This is my side bitch. Oh, God. Yeah, Hopper's my main bitch. Oh. No. What do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I got to do an intro. Um, So, one of the very few people in the world that I actually like, the only one that I would choose to interact with on a daily basis, and I would say absolutely and incomparably my favorite person in the world. Oh. Yeah. Shit got real. It's Devin. It's me. Um, so, first in. I'm his fiance, in case that wasn't clear. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why anyone wanted to know that, but. Okay. What do you think of the back alley? What are you, what, you excited to be on the show? What's going on? I'm excited. I'm very excited to be here. I'm honored to be your first guest. Yeah. We are just, you know, 12 feet away from where we were just watching TV in the living room. Yep. 10 minutes ago, but the book. It Shades of Grey. This book surprised the shit out of me. And, I mean, I'll talk specifically about why later. But, yeah, it just was in no part what I was expecting. Um, now, it is also, words are hard, worth mentioning. Like, this book is porn. Like, that's not really up for debate. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's porn. So, just read, going into this. I read this book when I was, what, a junior in high school? I almost think it was earlier. might have been earlier. I don't know what year it came out, but I read it. I read all three books in a week, which is saying a lot because- I think they're the only three books you've read while we've been together, <laughs> like period. What else have you, you know, read? I've read some of the classics. I've read The Great Gatsby, Scarlet Letter. Oh, for school, I for guess. For school, as far as like books for fun. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Um, Those are straight up the, the only- I did read the Twilight series, so- Oh, because it's quite serious. It's fucking garbage. Yeah, it's stupid. What? But it's worth. I honestly, that this this is, this is like a fan fiction for Twilight. For Twilight, I think yeah. it's like her. I also heard that it seems like a fake thing, but I don't know. Also, like this is very debatably. I don't know which one is actually worse. Because I like this one so much more. But anyway, no. So I did want to tell this story because this has concerned me for years. Mm-hmm. So we watched the first and second Fifty Shades movies after the second one came out. And then so when the third one came out, I was like, I couldn't go on the release night for some reason. I was like, oh, I'll go to watch that movie with you. 
and then instead you went with like fucking your mom and your sister and like your mom's friend I will say to I, watch porn together instead of me. I watched the first one with a group of girls as well. Doesn't make it less weird that you I, opted to watch this. You just opted to watch this with them instead of me. It it has it honestly I think about that weekly. That's not true, but <laughs> I think it's I don't know. One of the movies that it's not like revolutionary by any means, but I feel like it was just kind of like this fun, like naughty thing. Like one of the girls that I went with had to lie to her parents and say that we went and saw, I don't know what movie was also playing at the same time. We all had to read the synopsis and like summary of the movie. So that if her parents asked us about it, that we could give at least that some mu- indication. Like it was, I, I did not know that. Yeah. It was like me, my friend Sammy, Kimmy, Jill, like a bunch of people. I, w- I was really only friends with like... And I guess I didn't... Oh, wait, was this the first one? Yeah, the first oh, one. Oh, I was going to say, because I was not aware of any of those people. Yeah, you don't have That to. is almost more concerning than you going and watching with your mom. But I digress. It was written by a woman, a woman for women. So? That's why I went and saw it with women. Yeah, but you shouldn't watch porn with your family. I mean, it is and it isn't. No, it is. It definitely is. <laughs> it is probably the most highly and expensively produced porn, but doesn't matter. All right. Moving on. Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James. Spoilers and explicit con- sexual content ahead. Sexually explicit. So, okay. It's the same thing. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think first we set the scene. We are currently sitting on the bed, not in a sexy way, perverts. There'll be plenty oh, of time us. for that later. What yes. We're doing? Okay. In my studio slash office slash guest bedroom. I expected Hopper to be in here with us, but he's not. I think the cat is under the bed. And I think that's that's the whole scene. But it's I felt not like it's sexy. I felt like it was important for people to know that. Mm-hmm. We're sitting six inches. We're both incredibly sexy people, so. Oh, I was going to say we're sitting six inches apart. Not six feet apart. Get it? Because of, like, COVID. Yeah. (laughs) We're so witty. All right. Anyway, so, book recap. We start off. Is her name, is it, because it's Anastasia, right? So is it Anna is short? I keep wanting. I always read it as Anna, and then in the movie, they say Anna, so. I see. I see A N A, and I want to say Anna for I some know, reason. But because like Anastasia, that's like the Disney movie, like the Russian princess is Anastasia, and Anna is frozen. Right. Anyway, so she's got her friend is sick or something. She works for the school newspaper, so she steps in to interview Christian Grey, reclusive millionaire, billionaire, gazillionaire, whatever. So she drives to Seattle from Portland. Is this Portland, Oregon? Yeah. That I they do not I did not think those two cities were that close. That you could just drive back and forth on a wheel. I'm not really sure because they're they live in Washington, right? What do you well they moved to Seattle, that's part of the book. Yeah, but I think they start I don't know. Yeah, because I'm almost thinking this is in Portland, Washington that I've never heard of. Oh, could be. Cause also they go to WSU. And I don't know what that is. I'm assuming Washington it's Washington State University. That's what I, 
this is going well so far. <laughs> but anyway, so she gets to uh, Gray Enterprise Holdings, or the name is stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like Gray Holdings Enterprises, or something that no one would ever name a business. Right. But anyway, so we got the big building, and everyone is stupidly attractive, which it cracks me up because it's just that's the porno vibes, where it's like. Oh my god! Like her friend, she describes. She's so hot. That was weird. She's so hot. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. That was just like I think I just ran out of breath. Um, her friend is so hot. All of the blondes working at uh, Gray's office are so hot, and like I don't know, it just cracked me up that everyone needed to be ridiculously attractive when they just aren't. Well, there's also a reason that they're all blonde. Yeah. Just saying. Okay, but I'm just it's worth pointing out. Well, so that doesn't come up in this book, but um, oh. mm, no, but it's not necessarily the fact that they're blonde. It's the fact that um, it's just like everyone is so attractive. Like she goes out her way to describe like obviously Christian's supposed to be like this godlike figure, but also all the people that work for him are like inhumanly attractive. But anyway, so that that sets the scene with some good porno vibes. So she goes in to. Christian Gray's office to interview him very famously trips into the office. Mm-hmm. And so they go through the interview and he's very like coy and cocky and sexy thrown in innuendos. She asks him if he's gay and like, I didn't really get that part. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but that didn't make I sense to me. It's just because of his, la- cause he's such a public figure yet. They, he's never like really seen with women. Yeah, I get that, but also, she, like I don't think I have a hard time imagining a person interviewing someone and asking. Oh my god! Yeah, but wasn't it was a an yeah. accident? No, that was one of the questions that Kate wrote for her. Yeah, but I don't like when she read it. I don't think she actually she was like just reading words. She wasn't internalizing what she was actually reading. She just like spit it out. Right, but like her friend who was the actual supposed to be interviewing her had oh, written oh, that I see as what a you're question. Saying. Yeah, like why would someone yeah, I get what you're saying. But anyway, no, he also like he's like, Oh, you should come work for me. Um, but she gets the interview, lots of good stuff, heads back home to Portland, wherever the fuck Portland is. And then is the big sexy hardware store drop by. So she works at a hardware store, which a bit incongruous, but whatever. And so did Bella in Twilight. No shit, did she? Yeah, I'm telling you, this whole thing—it's very loosely based on Twilight. Huh. Anyway, I feel like I would have remembered that, but I also read Twilight in like sixth grade. Anyway, doesn't matter. Works at a hardware store, <clears throat> and Christian Gray stops by out of the blue. What? So he's like. I don't know what his excuse he gives for being in town is, but he's obviously just stalking her. And he asks for like, oh, where's your zip ties? Oh, and your rope and your masking tape. And so that's funny. But then uh, Anna just mentioned in passing like, oh, Kate would have really loved to get a photo shoot with you. He's like, oh, I can do a photo shoot. Like, come by. I'm staying at this nice hotel tomorrow. So then they go the next day set up the photo shoot not much happened he asked her to coffee and it's like this very weird like seems kind of like a date, 
but it's not really a date. And he just like, he's asking her about her, but he's also just keeps like, no, you don't want to be with me. Like, you want to stay clear of me. Mm-hmm. She almost, she walks into like the street, almost gets hit by a biker. He pulls her back. So heroic. Um, but then he pulls her like real close and she's like right up in his face. She's like, oh, I want him to kiss me. I don't know if you could hear that, but I was whispering. I want him to kiss me. She wanted him to kiss her. And then he gives like, I'm no good for you. If you're smart, you can stay away from me. Like, you know, one of those lines. And so she's all weirded out, confused. And that's, you know, that's pretty much that. So then, I don't know if it's a couple weeks later, a week later, a couple days later. I'm not good with time. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I'm talking about. Okay, so her, her being Anna. They're going to go out with her friend, Kate, who's her roommate from the beginning with the interview. No one cares that much. And some of their other friends to celebrate because they're graduating college or whatever. They just finished their last midterm. So Anna drunk calls Christian. And he's like, are you drinking? What's going on? Where are you? I'm coming to get you. Which is odd. (laughs) (laughs) But then, so she's like... She's walking out of the bar. One of her very good friends who she doesn't think of in a romantic way, but is very clearly like he thinks of her in that way. He's making a strong, real rapey pass at her. In what? The movie or the book? The book. The book, it was very rapey. Like, I was definitely led to believe that, like, if Christian hadn't showed up, they would have been having sex and she was not real into that. That was my interpretation. But I guess it's one of those things. So maybe it was, wasn't was that rapey. That was just, that was how I read it and I could have read it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just like, he had feelings for her for a long time and then for whatever reason, they kind of just like came to a head that night. Yeah, no, like he was, he was drunk and he was like trying to kiss a girl that he liked and there's obviously a pretty wide continuum of like acceptable to yeah. not acceptable behavior behind, no, like you're right. along there. And you know, obviously a subjective continuum. But anyway, so Christian shows up. He's like, nah, she obviously says no and doesn't isn't interested in you, bro. We didn't say bro because he's Christian Gray. And then Anna throws up a bunch and then passes out. She wakes up in Christian's hotel suite and you know, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. So, you know, they didn't have sex, obviously, but he like undressed her and got her into bed and then like slept next to her which i don't know depends on how creepy you find that to be fair (laughs) you've done that with me before if i've been too drunk jared has literally taken my contacts out of my eyeballs yeah it was gross i don't like contacts i don't like (laughs) eyes i also picked her up onto a bed that was like at my chest height and i'm not that tall but still comparatively speaking it was very it wasn't a good night for me Then you got mad when I didn't want to go to bed because it was like 11. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. And so they, they eat breakfast. He's got a weird thing with food. and like Easier he, to say strong. <laughs> good and tight. <laughs> oh, 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 there he is. Hopper, can you just please <laughs> shut the fuck up? Good. Glad, mm-hmm. glad, we, we're, glad we all got to experience that together. But then so... He's like, no, we're not going to be in a relationship or anything like that. But then they go into an elevator. He's just like, something about elevators. And he just like, 
he just like attacks, but in a sexy way. Mm-hmm. So he pins her arms up above her head with one hand, gets her by, you know, kind of like the jaw sort of thing with the other hand, and just real intimate, passionate, sexy kissing. And I gotta say, I was never that all that interested sexually in elevators before. But after having read this, I'm certainly intrigued by the <laughs> like, notion. I get it now. <laughs> here for it okay um but then he's like okay let's come over for dinner and i'll explain my whole shtick to you mm-hmm. and so he just gets her in so like a couple days later he gets her in a helicopter and helicopter flies her that's not a good sentence <laughs> helicopter flies he flies her in, in a helicopter yes yes good good flies her in a helicopter to his super nice penthouse thing in seattle and then that's when, so he shows her the playroom and she's like, oh, what, for your Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he's like, no, I'm into like BDSM. I'm a dominant. If you want to be with me, you'd be my submissive. It's not an emotional connection at all. It's just fucking gives her the contract. Yep. And she's like, thinks it's real weird, real overwhelmed by it. Yep. Then he learns that she's a virgin which is just the most surprising thing in the world to i him. did not see that coming <laughs> <laughs> and then um he's like well if you've never had sex before you gotta have regular sex once vanilla sex vanilla sex oh there's a great line ah here we go i raise my eyebrows you're gonna settle for plain old vanilla he cocked his head to one side Nothing plain or old about vanilla. It's a very intriguing flavor. He breathes. <laughs> no, but I vanilla is absolute. I said it with a B that time. Vanilla. Vanilla, vanilla is my favorite flavor. Like ice cream, I want vanilla. Cake, I want ice cream. <laughs> Cake, I want vanilla. Frosting, I want vanilla. You just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just my absolute favorite flavor. Devin gives me shit for it all the time. But it's just the best. Like, it's not that it's plain or boring. It's common. That doesn't mm-hmm. stop it from being the best. I, yeah. And E.L. James agrees with me. And does so does Christian Grey. So suck it. Um, yeah, so they they have some good, good fucking couple times. Vanilla fucking. Vanilla fucking. Not whips and chains fucking. He's got to ease her into it. Exactly. And then his mom walks in the next morning, and they're all surprised and everything about that. Um, but then so she's up, she rushes away and because it's you know his mom and it's embarrassing and whatnot. So then she actually God, re- mom, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> What's that thing that you like? Where she's like, it's not a phase, dad. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Hey, Dad, it was never a phase. It's a lifestyle. Jared doesn't understand memes, so we won't get into that. Maybe we'll get into that in a different episode. But Yeah, they don't make any sense to me. But um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I feel like the, most of them are trying to be funny, and like I just don't get the jokes. Like The jokes are going over my head. But anyway, yep. so Anna reads the contract into the nitty-gritty and doesn't like it. Lots of things like genital clamps and anal fisting. And he's got rules for like how much she can eat and how much she needs to exercise. 
I thought of you when reading the exercise part where she was like, I hate exercising more than anything. I'm not exercising four times a week. What about three times a week? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that would be Devin I'll to pick anything the, to avoid exercising. That would be Devin to pick the exercise clause out of this sex contract <laughs> and negotiate. I'm like, you know, I don't like the anal fishing, but you know, I really, really don't want to exercise. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff. So she doesn't like him. So she emails him. He, I'm thinking he gave her a computer already, like a super nice before Max came out. This must have been like no. 1900. I think he gave her a Mac. That's what he said. Oh. He gave her a super nice Mac, like before they were released. Oh, oh, I see. Which before Mac's release must have been circa 1900. That was my joke. Good joke. Thanks. Um, so they're emailing, and I gotta say, I honestly didn't hate this. And a way to communicate with the book where you go through, you know, maybe sometimes it's two or three pages where it's just them emailing back and forth, just like them communicating with each other while they're not face to face. And it's a real lame idea, but it wasn't the worst in practice. It worked. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, just, but when you just pitch the idea, it's like, okay, then there are going to be some sections where they're not together, but they're going to email so we can still have them communicating and like there's going to be a portion of the book is them emailing each other like that's fucking stupid but in practice mm -hmm. i was like okay this is fine yeah i mean it creates a distance what do you mean that the characters i feel like need in those moments where it's like she's very unsure mm -hmm. and he's just like very anxiously waiting for her to like give an answer oh it's Definitely it's, build a it builds, I think it builds the anticipation and oh, it's realistic. And I don't think I honestly can't remember. Maybe texting just wasn't as big of a thing or calling. Yeah. I have no idea when this was written. So, <laughs> but I think the emails was a way of creating like a sexy distance. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that at all. Hmm. And they do timestamps so you can see like he's, he's sending this big email like within 45 seconds or something. Yeah. And she's like, oh, five minutes later. Huh. She's like, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you wait. Well, I think it's less than more. She has no idea what to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then they arrange a dinner meeting to, uh, to negotiate the little bits and pieces of the contract. Um, and I'm, I almost forget. I feel like they're like, no, can't do this. Or is she still going to think about it? I think she's still thinking about it. I almost it. think she says Most no. Most of this book is her thinking about it. That's yeah, true. But she says no a couple times. Yeah. But then she's like, oh, actually, maybe. So I think she walks away from that dinner because he's like, let's go upstairs and fuck right now. And she's like, no, if I stay any longer, I'm going to fuck you. And I don't think that's good. And I need to go. I don't think I can do this. I believe that's how they leave that good dinner. Good night, Mr. Gray. <laughs> but, um... Then they have the graduation ceremony, and Christian's supposed to be a speaker at the graduation ceremony. That was why they were interviewing him to begin with. So they go through that. There's obviously some uh, some nice eye contact in the crowd. Some hot, heavy eye contact. <laughs> and he's wearing the tie that he tied her up with before. Yeah. I feel like we missed a sex scene in there somewhere. Yeah, anyway. I was just thinking that. <laughs> we definitely missed one. There's so much sex in this book, it's oh, hard to cover. For everyone's liberty, I've for everyone's liberty i can't talk at all for everyone's convenience i've taken the liberty of bookmarking all of the sex scenes so 
He doesn't mess around here in the back alley with the sex scenes. Absolutely not. So the first one, page 112, plus or minus two pages, depending on what version. Second one, 134, 138, 191, 250, 263, 273, 318, 347, 362, 371, 427, 437, 479, 490. Just so in case anyone wanted that information. And we absolutely should read some of these. Because I intended, yeah, like, yeah. as we were going through, read some of them, but they were read them all as, like, part of the recap, but it was just way more of them. It's, like, 90% of the book. So, anyway, we'll get to that. So, but then at the ceremony, Christian meets Anna's dad. That was weird. Uh, meets Anna's dad. He's obviously super charming because he's charming all the time. Anna agrees. She's like, yeah, let's do this thing. So then Wait, Christian... What? That was not clear what you just said. She meets his dad. He's super charming. He meets... Christian meets her dad. Yeah. Christian is super charming to her dad. Yeah. Her dad is a big fan of Christian. Okay. Anna agrees. Let's do this weird contract fucking thing. Okay. I think that's what you should have said. I think it's what I did say. But Okay. So then Anna and her friend Kate moved to Seattle, which they were going to do anyway. Then she goes to meet Christian for like their first like BDSM meetup thing. Starts with a real weird OBGYN visit. <laughs> to get her on some nice birth control because Christian ain't about them condoms. He ain't about them babies. Yeah. Big no on the babies. Big no on the babies. So... Yeah, the the OBGYN visit just really did not make... Like, it was just weird. It was very awkward. Like... In the movie, if you're not looking for it, you'd miss it. It's um, not as big of a deal in the movie. I think this is the only one of the movies that I've only seen once. And I only saw that once when we were probably still in high school. Yeah, but if you think about it, I mean, Christian's very obviously has some deep-rooted issues. And I think... The idea of an offspring is, like, terrifying to him. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, if you watch the movies or if anyone has actually read the books, like, you obviously see that way more in the third one. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, it's just, like, it's less so that that he's obviously super obsessive and controlling on, like, birth control and things. Like, that makes sense. It's the fact that she really included this real weird awkward conversation with this doctor that he has like on call um that was the weird part for me he was actually like reading the scene right but anyway it was a brief scene didn't really make a difference then we get some nice intro bdsm sex and then uh he's like oh tomorrow night or maybe it's that same night i don't know like i said time is hard uh he's like oh his brother elliot adopted brother has started dating Anna's friend Kate and Elliot will be inviting Kate to Christian's parents for dinner that night. Mm -hmm. Made sure not to use pronouns there because I get myself into trouble using too many pronouns in the same sentence. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, and then Christian's like, Anna, you should come too. But he like, during the BDSM sex, he tucks her underwear into his pocket. 
which is, you know, just the sexiest of I think of he, all like, them. sniffs them. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's just part of the Ugh. whole sexy moment. I guess. Why, is that gross? I don't know. Panty sniffers. I feel like that's, like, kind of gross. You could, like, well, I mean, people pa- sell their you... stuff on the internet right now like that. Yeah, but when you say panty sniffer, that's more like the... <laughs> like a con- fetish. Well, yes, but also the connotation is, like, I don't know, young, stupid kid, like, sneaking into into a girl's house and, like, smelling her underwear. It's less so, like, oh, oh. we're actually having sex with one another, and I'm smelling your panties. I don't like the word panties. I don't either. The more either. we say it, the less I like, like it. I have never thought twice about it, but reading this, the amount of times I read it, it's yeah. like when you say the same word over and over again, it starts to sound funny. Reading this, I read it over and over again, and it started to look funny. And like it's just the same thing reading it, like panty, 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 panty. I don't like it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so tucks the underwear in his pocket, and so she's getting ready to go to dinner with his parents, which he doesn't do. He doesn't invite girls to see his parents. Like he doesn't ever interact with any of his girls, any of his girls, uh, on any any level that's not sexual. So she's getting ready, realizes that he still has her underwear. She's like, oh, he wants me to ask for them back. So she decides that instead she's just going to go to his parents' house without underwear. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. And then so, what? Nothing. I was just going to say scandalous, but I think that's... Yeah, we're kind of past that yeah, part. Yeah, we're past it. Right. So then they go to the parents' house. They have a dinner. Now her friend... Kate makes some antagonistic comments, like lighthearted, just kind of little jibes to make Christian jealous because she's not a Christian fan. And he decides that he's he needs to do some punishment sex with Anna. So he takes her out to the boathouse. His parents are fabulously rich too, obviously. A tour of the grounds. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, takes her out to the boathouse. She's like, Please don't spank me right now. Just not right now at your parents' house. <laughs> He's okay, but I'm going to have some super rough fucking with you and you're not allowed to come. So. Yeah. Oh, also. Then, when they get back, I mean, time is hard. He puts these balls in her. And they're pretty much the uh, vaginal equivalent of anal beads. But I was like, I don't actually know what those are called because they're not vaginal beads. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. He put some balls in her. <laughs> no, but they're, what they're called is, for everyone who's curious, I know that's probably just me, they are Benoit balls or orgasm balls or Kegel balls. This, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Benoit balls. <laughs> Use code back alley book club for 10% off. <laughs> oh God. Um, anyway, so they do that that night. It's all very interesting and sexually awakening. The next morning, uh, she wakes up, she finds him working on it at his desk. He fucks her on the desk. It's all great stuff. But afterward, he's real weird and cold and distant. She doesn't get it. Then she goes to some job interviews because uh, he's an English major, like a winner, and uh, I'm not an English major, just so 
That was clear. Me uh, neither. Yeah. But if I had been a winner, I would have been an English major. Jared would be the best English major. Not actually, really, I don't think. But that's not the point. English major, so she's trying to get a job at a publishing house. She goes to some interviews. It's pretty much the whole thing. It's not all that interesting. Meets Jack Hyde. Yeah, introduces the character Jack Hyde, who's important in... The f- next couple books. Yeah, the next two. I don't remember which. Uh, oh, I think it's... I guess it's mainly the third one that he's more significant. But anyway, then she's like, I need to go home to Georgia, get some space from Christian. Think. About, I think it's because I'm sitting at a weird angle, but it's not a burp, but it's... It feels like it's a burp, but then nothing happens. Anyway. Goes to Georgia. Flies to see her mom in Georgia. But then... Christian also flies to Georgia because he's a stalker. He's a control freak. Mm-hmm. Um, in Georgia, they have some nice period sex, which aside from period sex, then they get into a bath. And that seems problematic to me. Way in here. Oh, God. What's problematic about it? Just, I don't know. You're in the path to bleeding, right? <laughs> that doesn't sound like the best. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but whatever floats their boat. Okay. Anyway, then he takes her air gliding, and it's like the greatest thing ever. Cue uh, Love Me Like You Do by Ellie Goulding. What? That was in the helicopter. In the helicopter in the first one? Yes, it is. You're trying to tell me. I've seen this movie. No, I I believe you, but that's just stupid. That's not the way they should have done it. Air gliding, it was this song. It's called like One Last Time. Hmm. I had a dream I was dying, and I found nobody there. Do you, want me to, do you want me to play it? No, because then if someone actually listened to this, we could get sued. All right. Well, it's uh, not. Love Me Like You Do, which is a fantastic song by Ellie Goulding, plays in the helicopter scene when he first so takes her to the suite. I, I wasn't disbelieving you. That is just the worst choice by whoever's in charge of putting songs in these. He also introduces her as his girlfriend in this scene. Oh, right. right which right. was big. Which seems to me weirder because I feel like taking her to see her parents is bigger. <laughs> but um, yeah, Love Me Like You Do by Ellie Golden, great. I honestly have the version from each of the three movies in your playlist. Yep. For reasons. Unknown. Yeah. Um, Side so note, I don't know if I said this, but I genuinely, unironically love all these movies. Like, I think the movies are phenomenal. They also have really good soundtracks. Like these, the second movie, Fifty Shades Darker, has... I would say a top five, if not a top three, soundtrack of all time. Like all I'm, time. There's, there's like Star Wars and stuff like that. That's like won a bunch of awards. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, but obviously, okay, but Star Wars is way different. That's like it's like scoring. Yeah, it's a score, and they have a composer, and it's like a orchestra band. Yeah, they're doing just that. all bops. Like every single, all three of the movies. Right afterwards, that's all I had on repeat for at least like a couple months. Which just like the yeah. Fifty Shades. Yeah, like so many, yeah, just so many great songs, especially in the uh, the second one. I think that's how the weekend got discovered. Was in the first movie, the weekend song. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Shout out to the weekend. Yeah, this that, past Super Bowl. <laughs> I thought it was shit, but yeah, wasn't great. But I'm also very medium on the weekend. Anyway, I don't. I think he was big before then. I think. He's been big in like music communities for a long time. 
like um the righteous gemstones with adam sandler the movie mm-hmm. like i don't know when that was set in like the mid 2000s yeah and that was the weekend like he's a character in it kind of like he's about to make his big break hmm. and i think the that was the first time i had ever heard of the weekend and so i don't i think the book was written in like probably 2010 2011 which means the movie probably didn't come out through 2013 something like that we could have come better prepared with these dates but you know we don't do research here the back alley is all about thinking things and then not doing original the thought original thought and then just that's yeah, throwing not, out a lot of not doing any actual work <laughs> throwing out a lot of this may be true <laughs> that's entirely true all right um where do we leave off here the air gliding but then after the air gliding, he leaves super quickly and unexplained. Is really cold and distant again. Very confusing. What's going on? So then she goes back to Seattle, and he has some like really aggressive like described like when he's walking across the room to her as she like comes into his apartment thing. He's like hungry, which is good, I guess. <laughs> um, so that's some nice sex. And then also some, like, some nice, that leads into some more light BDSM, like, pleasurably, pleasurable, I can't talk at all, BDSM, some light flogging, little bit of bondage, all good. Then they go to sleep, which he doesn't sleep with any other girl ever before, except for Anna. Anyway. Uh, she wakes up in the middle of the night, he's up playing the piano. And... They're being playful and stuff, but then she's like, show me as bad as this gets. Like, what's the worst? And then so... (laughs) Because she sees that he has cigarette burns on his chest, and he doesn't want her to touch. Well, that was earlier, but yeah. I'm just... Never mind. No, well, I guess, what, what was the point you were making? Nothing. What? Nothing. Okay. Well, I the cigarette burn doesn't necessarily apply gonna, directly to yes, the scene. Yes, it does. Okay. So well, that's what I'm saying. So tell me. Because she compares how she feels about being like punished mm-hmm. and like her, I guess, experience of being like hit and like a, in her mind, I think borderline abused by him. Show me the worst. I don't know. Say what you're saying. She's like, I don't know how to say it. Okay. Just move would Would you like me to try and say what, you, what yeah. I think you're trying to say? Yeah, you try to say it. She's just comparing the experience of him having this very visceral, negative, traumatic reaction to someone touching his chest because of what Anna believes to be cigarette burns, but hasn't really been confirmed yet, mm-hmm. to her very visceral, traumatic reaction to being punished, spanked, whipped whatever yes that's her way of getting him to conceptualize and become aware of how traumatic that is for her yeah because i think a lot of this is him just generally not being aware that other people have issues like yeah he like he obviously has a lot of problems but i don't think he really recognizes that a lot of other people do too but anyway, so I don't know if I said this already, but he whips her with a belt like six times. She counts them out. It's pretty ugly, but you all know the drill. 
and then she tells him, he's like, I love you. Oh, yeah, you know what she actually says, which I thought was funny. It made me think of The Bachelor. She's like, I've fallen in love with you. Where it's like only on The Bachelor do you ever hear people say, I'm falling in love with you. Like, it's just not a conversation that happens. This isn't the journey for me, is what (laughs) she says. Um, I've fallen in love with you, but this is just too fucked up. I can't do this. Can't be spanked and whipped or whatever. And he's like, well, you can't love me. That's not how this works. He's all super surprised. But then she loves. There's the big elevator closing scene. She's like, Mr. Steele. No. Fuck <laughs> you, Jared. Fuck you. I'm over this. Move on. He's gray, not steel. I said she's like, oh. She's whatever. like Mr. Steele. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's okay. Just edit that out. No, we're going to keep No. That. Yes. Edit it out. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, so that's the book. Yeah, she leaves. They break up. That's the whole thing. Pretty fucking steamy. Nice. Okay. So what I mentioned earlier that intrigued me was this. Was that the voice of this book is all over the fucking place. Uh, The dialogue is really rocky in a lot of areas. But the surprising part was that there were parts. um, There were moments. There were scenes where that wasn't the case. Where the voice was really consistent. I wouldn't say strong. Yeah, it was consistent and appropriate, sure. And the dialogue was actually not something that distracted you from what was going on. Uh, Like, so, people have tons of criticisms of this book. And a lot of them are fair, and a lot of them aren't. So if you're criticizing the writing, one, you should probably have something better to do with your time, but you're also probably right. Uh, two, if you're like criticizing the sort of the characters that she created, the relationship dynamic, the that dynamic whole thing. is what a lot of people really like got all balled up about. Yeah, well then go fuck yourself. It's you find, fantasy, people. Find something better to do with your time than fucking bullshit over some fictional characters. Nobody gives a shit. Because like, yeah, because it's a big like, I don't know where we saw it. It was like a review somewhere, but it was uh talking about it as like a almost an anti female empowerment thing and I was like this is where you lose people. This is where like liberal progressive people lose people because you're making these complaints about fucking fictional characters that are here to be sexy in a pornographic sense. Not here to teach young girls how to woo a millionaire. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I'm calm. We're moving on. No, I agree with that, too. It's... She didn't write this to be, like, anti-feminist. Like, she wrote it because it's a fantasy novel and, like, I don't know. Right. You know, and it is, like... It honestly made me think of, like, we watched the Britney Spears uh, documentary the other day. And it really did It made me think of, like, people were so upset at her because she was being sexual and, like, singing sexy things and dressing provocatively provocatively thank you and like dancing and stuff and so there was certainly an area of where she was like 15 and 16 and it was pretty weird but like as she got older was still doing those things and people were upset because like the influence it was having on their daughters and stuff it's like fuck off you're fucking stupid that's all i have to say 
Anyway, so now first person narration is, in my opinion, the hardest way to write a book because it's just so easy to get bogged down in like saying a story rather than telling it. If that makes sense, like you need like the character is like coming out and specifically telling you some of their character, specifically telling you some of their character traits rather than just showing you who they are, which is what you more generally see in a third person narrative. And then it also makes things, it's a lot easier to be clunky and mechanical in that sense. And you see that right off the book. The first couple pages are fucking bloody murder. And I was like, oh, super big swing and a miss with the first person narration on this. But then she walks into Christian's office. And I was like, oh, maybe this does make sense. Now, I want to go back and say, for the vast majority of the book, the first person narration is not good. But for those brief moments, like a lot of the sex scenes, some of those moments where there's just some sexual tension, even if there's not the sex, the first person narration works. Because what I think, I don't know that E.L. James is likely into a big BDSM sexual lifestyle. But I think she was in... <laughs> she really just looks like your like neighborhood mom. <laughs> right. But what I 100% believe is that she was sitting in a chair writing this and she was in that fucking room. And you're writing like she's writing her heart pumping and like feeling that heat from her nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it, but... Yeah, but no, just in general, like she's like, I think that's why, because she's in those moments, she lapses into telling from telling the story of uh, Anna Steele and Christian Gray to she's in the fucking book. Like she is writing down what she is experiencing at that moment. She's sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, saying panties all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like it's. So And for those reasons, it's really organic through those times. And then you move on from those times and it's really not organic. But, yeah. No, so that's just what I had to say about the first person narration of this book. Furthermore, there was less incongruity than I expected there to be. Go double negatives. So, the book... As I remember watching the first movie, it's pretty incongruous. Like, it doesn't actually really make sense why Anna's at all interested in this person as a love interest. There's obviously, you see a lot of the sexual chemistry and attraction. But beyond that, you don't really see much. I think a lot of it is physical right in the beginning. But I also think that she sees he's like powerful and intimidating and i think it's that very typical like you you want what you can't have and she always felt like oh i can't have him but i want him type thing right so like maybe that's a little bit i would agree that's maybe how it seems in the movie that's not how it is in the book like i believe that anna is actually falling in love with this person for everything he is that isn't those things Right. She's falling in love with him for those moments when he is like 
cute and playful, which don't even exist in the movie, really. Yeah, no, that's where fair. he's kind of funny and charming and like youthful and lighthearted. Like there are those moments in the book, and you can see where she's like, "Oh, this guy is gorgeous. He's fucking the shit out of me," and he's. He also like gives like does things that he hasn't done for anyone else. Like he sleeps with her for the first time. He does the vanilla sex. He, you know brings her home for the first time and i feel like those are things that you know she's like okay i'm important to this person i'm not just another one of his right and so like reading it through her perspective i think you or i from the outside it's pretty clear to see and appreciate those things Mm -hmm. from the inside though she doesn't really recognize that like that's kind of her problem yeah well one of her problems she has a myriad problems is that she doesn't recognize that he does actually care about her. And so, what was I just talking about? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, she's in love with him. He's he's hot. He's fucking her. He can be really funny and charming and youthful and playful and stuff. And, like, that's the part she loves. But then there's the controlling, cold, distant, everything, the business interaction Christian that she doesn't love. She's like, why can't you just be this other person all the time? And that's what she doesn't understand. But you can, it's not a huge leap into why she's falling in love with him. Like in Twilight, so we bring it up because it's supposed to be Twilight or whatever. Anyway, like, so Bella falls in love with Edward after two weeks. Like, literally, the line is, and I straight up, I read this in sixth grade, I will never forget this line, is like, I know three things, like he's a vampire, whatever. She had known him for two weeks, and he's like, I am completely and inextricably in love with him. And I was like, fucking why? You know, like, you don't even know his favorite color. What are you talking about? <laughs> What's his last name, Bella? Tell us. And, like, that, like it's just stupid. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And in the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, I felt like that a lot. In the book, I did not feel like it as much. Obviously, the book introduces a lot of other problems that aren't in the the movie, like scene writing, dialogue, a lot of stuff, (laughs) the voice. But that is one thing that I think where the book steps up where the movie kind of falls short. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. All right. And then before we get into the fun stuff... Last thing I want to mention are just two like completely garbage things that I've heard people say in relation to this book. Uh, this first one, you were actually there, and you probably don't remember it. Um, someone said like no one loses their virginity the way Anna does. Like it doesn't feel like that for a girl. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where we were when someone said that. <laughs> I'll tell you after. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to say it on here. Um, but that's just a tremendous crock of shit. First, like, let's separate our experiences of losing our virginity and, like, try and look at this objectively. And, like, that's just such a minimalistic view of female sexuality. Like, the fact of the matter is, like, most women lose their virginity to men who are either also losing their virginity or have lost their virginity within the last couple years. And it takes way more than that to actually get good at sex. Like, Christian obviously knows what the fuck he's doing. And, like, if you're having sex with someone who is, you have, one, you have the 
physical tension, chemistry, all that stuff there, and two actually knows what they're doing. Like there's no reason you can't move past that uncomfortable beginning of losing your virginity, which is there. I would say, I don't know if it's all the time, but pretty much all the time. And in this, in orgasm, like there's no reason that can't happen. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I guess I see what you're saying, but I also think that a lot of people, like a lot of women have like pretty um, like painful or. Right. And like I said, for those, for the reason I mentioned earlier is that like the vast majority of virginity losing is had with other people who are not necessarily experienced or adept sexual partners. Yeah, I guess that's. I don't really have much to say about that. Okay, I thought you. I thought you would have some stuff. I mean, I don't know. I just. I think it's different for everybody. It's right. Oh, good. Hopper's coming. (laughs) Can hear his fucking toes on the ground. Um, but I do. I think I see where the criticism comes from with this because it's like this mind blowing, like blow the roof off type experience for her. And I think more often than not, it's not like that. So I can right. see where the criticism but like, that's comes wh- from. But this is like also I, a fantasy. So it's a fantasy, but I also like no one is having, losing their virginity in this scenario is what I'm saying. Like you can't um, outrule it just because most people lose their virginity with people who don't know what they're it's doing. Like, awkward. like, yeah, you can like the vast majority maybe 95%. It's kind of awkward and you know what they're doing and it's uncomfortable, hurts a little bit. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, that doesn't mean like put someone in a scenario like this where they're with someone who's a really knowledgeable and experienced sexual partner. There's no reason you couldn't have a mind blowing orgasm for losing your virginity. Like that just doesn't make any sense to completely discount that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I was trying to make sure my phone wasn't ringing. Um, <clears throat> anyway, the second one is people were like, oh, if Christian wasn't super rich, like this would be an episode of Dateline rather than like a romance book. Like the Fuck. Bachelorette, the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise wouldn't exist, I feel like, if that were the case. Like these men get paid a million dollars to be the bachelor and these women go after him and they're usually like pretty established. You lost me on that. Okay. I won't say anything. The money's not nothing, but it's so far from the biggest part of it. It's one, his looks, it's the domineering authority. It's the control. It's the intensity. It's the passion. It's the edge. Like that's what makes people want to, again, fictional, whatever makes people willing to engage in a BDSM relationship with him. That's what makes readers like sexually interested in him. The money adds to his overall persona, but it's just so far from necessary and so far from what really makes him attractive and like what has really made him popular. Like that, the money excuse is just like, it's a really sorry excuse for guys who don't understand like what makes women tick to justify why they're far more interested in a fictional character than they are with them. See, that was too many pronouns. I think the part that like women object to about this whole, the dynamic of this relationship is the fact that he, I mean, he stalked her. Right. Yep. 
like yeah aggressively creepy pretty aggressively um and i think their argument is like but because he's attractive successful you know maybe her lack of experience plays into it a little bit i think that's kind of i could see where the criticism is but again like don't be so fucking sensitive this is again fantasy and i don't think this is it's not how the real world works right 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 would you agree yeah there was something i was gonna say but it just and i feel like it reminds me of the bachelor franchise because these men usually come from you know a little bit of money they're usually pretty successful on their own they also get paid i believe it's like a million dollars to be the bachelor and then you're setting up this dynamic with women where it's just like they're fighting over him and he has this very obvious like i think there's a power dynamic to it where he has all the control mm-hmm. and all the say and the women just kind of have to like go along with it mm-hmm. do you see where i'm drawing that connection Yes, I do. So, especially in terms of the power dynamic, which I brought up about the Bachelor and Bachelorette, because like obviously it goes yeah, both yeah. ways. Yes. Like, for ever since I heard about it, it was like it's pretty fucked up. Like that's yeah. not a relationship. That's a fucking. That's a business transaction. Yes. And it generally makes me uncomfortable. But the difference I'm drawing is between that and this is. I'm talking more specifically about the uh, BDSM nature oh, of it. Okay, yeah. That w- that was where I I missed you the first time, because um, they're like people are saying. I've heard people say like they wouldn't if he wasn't super rich, girls wouldn't be like willing to let him do that. And my argument is like, no, you're a fucking idiot. It's everything else that he has around him. Mm-hmm that like is alluring in a dangerous way and i also think that after this book came out first of all there was like this huge rise in people trying like bdsm and doing bondage but nice this wasn't this isn't like a new concept to a lot of people but because it was so like i don't know glorified in this book Mm -hmm. i think people were just really shocked to see this type of stuff being so like widely read and accepted right yeah for sure i mean and that's a perfect segue into our final discussion our most interesting discussion okay talk about sex oh my god isn't that a song let's Let's talk talk about about sex baby let's talk about you and me what is that from who sings that i don't know i heard it in pitch perfect oh that's what i was thinking of too actually okay so first the first thing i want to bring up is the inner goddess Versus the subconscious. Every time I heard, I didn't hear it. I read it. So I don't know why I said that. Every time I read those words, I wanted to punch myself in the fucking throat. Give people the context here. Okay. All right. So Anna, throughout the book, is having a inner battle between the three people inside of her. Like just her regular old her. (laughs) Her super sexual, like, awakening inner goddess and her super shy, like, love interest subconscious. And it's just the worst fucking way I've ever heard (laughs) you describe it. Not the devil and the angel. It's the inner goddess and the subconscious. I mean, that's really exactly it. It's like, oh, 
Anyway, that's, I don't actually really have anything to say about it other than that it's it was garbage. That's yeah, I think that's part of like the people that say it's like so poorly written. It's like yeah, come it's, on. It's the I mean that's that's the voice thing. That that's what I'm talking about. Where like you don't necessarily need to say inner goddess while you're fucking a dude. Yeah, but like when after you fucking you're saying inner goddess, that's where the voice breakdown is. Yeah, that's where you lose all of the quality points you gained in the sexual scene from it being first person narrative and you lose all of them immediately after. Yep. Okay. So next thing I want to bring up in relation to sex is both Anna and Christian's lack of Mm self-confidence. So Anna is described like almost not at all physically though. I almost want to say it's like the first paragraph of the book where she's like, I have, you know, brown hair that's like really hard to tame, pale skin and big blue eyes. That's the extent of the description we get about her. Yeah. Chris, She's just very ordinary. Right. And obviously part of that is like anyone to make it anyone feel like that could be her, mm-hmm. which is also the point of Bella from Twilight. Yes. But um, except for those are that's about like 14 year old girls. And this is hopefully not about 14 year old girls. <laughs> Um, but she also just like beats herself down constantly throughout yeah. the book. Like, like really heavy, heavy handed, uh, heavy, heavy handed, like just, I don't want to call it self-loathing. Cause I don't think it was self-loathing, but criticisms of herself, mainly physically also some like, Oh, I'm so shy. I'm not outgoing, whatever. And then you also see in terms of like her just heaping mounds of unwarranted praise on like her friend Kate, Christian even. And then so on Christian's side of it, you see it in a very different way. Like he appears like so supremely confident throughout 90% of the book. Like he's the one in control. He's obviously good at fucking and that's pretty much all he's interested in. Um, and like, he seems like the guy, he flies helicopters and hang gliders and he's got this huge business that he's controlling and all this stuff. But then there are a couple brief, like moments where you're like, oh, he really fucking hates himself. Whereas one way he's talking about the, uh, um, his mom's friend who was having in a BDSM relationship with him when he was 15 I want to talk about that in a second after. And he was like, she loved me in a way that I thought was acceptable. It's like, oh, yeah, you didn't think you deserved love. You probably still don't think you deserve love. Mm -hmm. And then it's the same thing, too. Like, when Anna says, I'm in love with you, and he goes, what? That's That's not right. That's not how this works. Like, he just doesn't understand that he's a lovable person. Right. And so... You see those two big balls of self-confidence, lack of self-confidence, insecurity is, I think, what the technical term is, mm-hmm. uh, really coming to meet. And yeah, I think that's actually like a huge part of the sex in this book. Because like the saying is, everything in life is about sex, but sex is about power. And is that a saying? very common thing oh i've never heard that what i've never heard that i was thinking while you were just saying all of that that like 
famous quote that we accept the love we think we deserve. That's what's what that I was from? thinking. I have no idea what that's from. I almost thought it was. I think that's actually something from fairly Perks. recently. I thought it was like Perks of Being a Wallflower or something like that. But I yeah. but of course, could be like, wrong. We're in the back alley, so we don't do any We research. don't know. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so se- everything about life is everything in life is about sex. Sex is about power. Yeah, very common saying. I'm very surprised you haven't heard it. But anyway, I feel like I say that. Why would you say that? In what context would you say that? I say lots of things that. <laughs> oh my god! I've n- no, you've never said that. Well, I think that. Loud. Not to me. I I think it. I might not say it out loud. Anyway, Strange. I when I actually believe that's true, and it sounds like a negative thing right off the bat, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I think it's a pseudo negative thing in this context, but um basically what's happening with their relationship is like he has he hates himself has no confidence and but with sex he's able to take that power that he needs craves back he can be powerful in a way that he tries to be in other parts of his life but it really isn't just enough and so that's where he gets so much of his fulfillment is having that power in that sexual relationship and then when everything else in his life is about sex, well, then he's the most powerful guy in the room in every room he walks into because he has that power in sex. So where it's different for Anna. Anna. Whatever. Um, is she's honestly on the receiving end of his uh, power struggle dynamic, whatever the fuck he has going on with himself. But she's also kind of recognizing her own power and just being a sexual person. And that's like, I think that's part of what, I think it's the biggest part of what made this book popular. One is that it was porn that was okay and acceptable for women to watch. Read. Read and watch. Because of movies and stuff. And especially for a generation of women the generation above us where it was not really okay. Like 20 year olds, I think the vast majority of 20 year olds, like even if they don't watch porn, they're like, yeah, it's okay. Like no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas your 30, 40 year olds, it's still a lot more taboo. Yeah. And so this was something that was okay for middle-aged women to read and watch. And so I think that was part of what made it big. Mm-hmm. It was experiencing sexuality in a way that really hadn't been, maybe it had been attainable, but it hadn't been socially accepted. Yeah. The other thing is like, is that <clears throat> sexual awakening? Is that recognizing that power cool. in your own sexuality that I don't know. I think especially when like maybe you come up in a generation where sex is, becoming less taboo but it's still fairly taboo like you just don't necessarily have that opportunity to be like oh there's a whole world out there where like i can get what i want i can take what i want i can be satisfied i can be whoever and however i want to be right and i think for all the people that thought that this book was anti-feminist i think it makes up in that in a lot of ways for it being kind of the first of its kind for 
like you're saying, like that generation of people that uh, weren't super sex positive and kind of kept their own fantasies and whatever you want to call it kind of in the dark. Right. And sex positive, I think is the right way to say it because it's not like it's the 1950s where it's like, you know, everything's behind closed doors, Everything's behind closed doors, you know, women are completely not allowed to be sexual creatures. Like, Mm -hmm. 80s 90s a little bit of the 70s that's not the case but sex being sex positive definitely still wasn't the case right the whole you know sex being about power as an more of a positive thing like i think power can be such like a antagonist not antagonist stepping stone but there's a better word for it that sounds paramount no that a word that sounds kind of like antagonist 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 Antagonist. i don't know it doesn't really matter anyway it's a stepping stone sound like a fucking moron um for a pleasure like sex being about power doesn't need need catalyst catalyst thank you um Sex being about power doesn't mean you need to take power. You need to use sex to give yourself power. Like, that's a fucking moron's way of looking at it, sure. But um, taking power in the sense of, like, yeah, you're also taking responsibility. Shout out Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Like, I'll take power and I'll take responsibility for us to have like this really pleasurable experience together or it can also be just as exciting and pleasurable to like completely give up your power i think especially like as a man where like especially in sexual situations and throughout history the power has always been in men's hands and as a man if you can go like no like do whatever you want to me with me like, that's a, just a completely another avenue. Like, that's something whole and healthy and can be certainly be pleasurable. Very well said. Very well said. Thanks, bro. <laughs> but that is it. That is Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James. And I'm like, maybe I'll read the second one. I, I, I'm going to read the second one at some point. I don't know when. <laughs> and we'll talk about it when I do. Rating time. What do you got? What's the scale? What is the scale? You really don't listen to these videos. Oh my god! I d- out of five. I know. I thought it was out of five. Um, my scale is so different though because I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. read a lot. No, but well, judge it by your scale. Like, how good do you think this book was? I'd say like a two and a half. Three. Oh, interesting. I thought you were. I thought you were going to give it a good score, but you love the movies. But the book is kind of. It's just one of. The, it's like a guilty pleasure kind of thing. Like I don't think it's very well written. Right. I don't. I. It's just like it is what it is. Like I again. Like I loved to all the boys I loved before. That's legit. Like a thirteen year old could sit down and read that and enjoy it. You know. Yeah. Huh. So I. It's almost like I. If it was on like a hundred percent scale, I'd give it like a fifty. Well, you did. Right. 
Uh, but, but what it was? You said two five, right? Two point five. Okay. You know, I also have a hard time with this one, believe it or not, because yeah, it's pretty shite. <laughs> <laughs> In just more years than not, but there's a lot of sex that I enjoyed immensely. And that just can't see it, but I'm making raising the level motion with my hand. Brings up the group average. Exactly. I'm dying to know. I like I really like I don't I don't know what to say. Um I guess I'll go one eight sex scenes three nine. Wow. One eight though. So that is the review. I will be back next Sunday. Um Yes, I know that I have been absent and sparse and all of those things. But you are welcome to come back to the back alley to hang out with me next Sunday. You can still reach me on Instagram at J-A-R-A-D.Clark. And I will still not be interested in the things you have to say to me. Yep. That's it. Anything before we leave? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming and all that good stuff. So Love you. Oh, I love you too. Yeah. Uh, have a good one out there. Or, you know, fucking don't. <laughs>